Hi there, this is James Eek, and you are listening to the Warriors Way podcast, Season 3, Episode 123. We're going to kick things off in a minute with another awesome look into the mind of Zen Trailblazer Alan Watts. Always awesome. But first, if you're interested in turbocharging your training and your life, you're going to want to check out the Warriors Way online training program. If you are a longtime listener to the Warriors Way podcast, you probably heard me talk about it already. If you're brand new, you're going to hear about it right now. <laughs> uh, if you want to be able to take all the cool things that we talk about here and then amplify them even more, then the Warriors Way online training program, I think, is a great way to spend some time with me virtually showing you the things that I've figured out over the past, say, 40 years about what works best in terms of how to cover your bases for the best in your martial arts, your fitness, your meditation, and a whole bunch more. I have been thinking about how to do this honestly for years. And over the past, well, I guess it started during the beginning of COVID, believe it or not. Um, I really got down to it and recorded a whole bunch of videos and classes and synthesize things the best way that I think that, uh, at least best way I think I can, so that we can reach more people and offer a broader and more in-depth approach to, well, how I train and what training means to me and what I've figured out over all these decades. Right now, you're listening to part of that, obviously. The Warriors Way podcast is what my eldest son, Kalis, likes to call the, my Jedi holocron. It gives you a knowledge bomb that I find useful, and it gives me, you know, a platform to give my two cents on, on what you can do to help your training along what I do for my own tips and tricks on a variety of subjects. And the online training program goes even further. So if you're a longtime listener, you already know what I'm talking about. This podcast, it's the core of what I'm trying to do. It's what, like I've mentioned before, it's shining a bit of light in the darkness. But through the Warrior's Way online training program, you get a whole bunch of videos and instructionals on how you can expand this in a huge way. It's what I like to think of as a virtual dojo. And we get to train together from wherever you are around the world. And you can get virtual one-on-one -on -one time with me. You can get awesome and unique online martial arts fusion classes that I put together from about 10 different martial arts, by the way. You can train along with me in meditation and breath work and fitness and a whole bunch of other stuff. So if you want to get in better shape, if you want to do some killer workouts, if you want to boost what you're doing with your martial arts already, I think this would really help you along the way. And like I said, depending on what membership tier you choose, we can work together on all of this. And I believe there's something for everyone. It's the things that I do that work for me and the way I train. So without further ado, head on over to www.warriorsway.ca. That's warriorsway.ca. 
click on the link there. Actually, check out the website. I built the warriorsway.ca, our, our podcast website, all by my little self. <laughs> the online training program, I had a whole lot of help. But the, uh, the podcast website, I'm putting it together bit by bit myself. And I think it's pretty decent. So anyways, check it out. And you can start training with me today from wherever you are around the world. And that is pretty cool. But before you get started, please drop me a line and we can talk about how to get you started because there's a whole bunch of different membership tiers and you get different things with each. And I'd rather you talk to me than click on something and then be like, oh, actually, I wanted this because that would be way easier. So I hope to see you there and I hope to hear from you. And by the way, Anytime that you want to drop me a line, let me know how you're doing, how your training's going, any questions or questions to add into the podcast that you'd like to see answered, or anything else, drop me a line, let me know how things are, and, uh, you know, I always love hearing from people. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't. Well, I guess I could. Maybe I just like hearing my own voice, which I don't. (laughs) Anyhow... Two-way conversations are the best. Before we get started, one more thing. I'm going to jump onto my soapbox and I'm going to do a quick rant on vaccines. Folks, if you don't read the news and maybe you get all of your information on Facebook... I'm not going to say anything about that. Um, I think that you need to understand something. If you're listening to this when it comes out, uh, especially here in Canada and likely all around the world, we are unfortunately hitting now another wave of COVID thanks to the Delta variant. And this one is extremely transmissible. And what we could end up seeing is more mayhem, more disruption to life. Let me put it that way. Easiest thing that you can do. We all like to push the easy button. Here's the easy button. Get a vaccine. Don't be a fool. They should use that as a slogan. Don't be a fool. Get the, <laughs> get a vaccine. They could get Mr. T to do it. That would be very cool. Hey, Mr. T, if you're listening to this podcast, do some public service announcements on getting the vaccine. (laughs) I pity the fool. Anyways, get yourself a vaccine. I've got both of my shots. Maybe I turned into a super soldier. I wouldn't admit it if I did. But what I know is that getting this shot keeps me safe, helps to keep the people around me safe. And honestly, there is nothing fringy, nothing. It's not going to turn you into a serpent person. It is not going to do anything. They've been working on this for a very long time, folks. Not necessarily COVID, despite what the uh, conspiracy folks want you to believe. (laughs) Um, They've been working on vaccines for a very long time. This is science, people. Come on. How do you not have your vaccine already? Just get it in your arm. Get it in your body. Let's go on with our lives. I would like to take a trip to Iceland and visit frost giants or something. If you're listening from Iceland, drop me a line. Let me know if there's frost giants there. (laughs) 
I would like to be able to do things again like I did before and not think about COVID all the time. The easiest way we can do this is everybody get their vaccine, both of them, not just one, two. And then we can get back to doing the things that we do without hearing the constant drone that we're in another wave and that there are other people who are probably either, like I said, a little foolish, maybe a lot foolish, and not getting this done. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a person that knows that you need to do what is right and you need to do better. So if you haven't gotten it, chalk it up to experience. Say, oops, I guess I should have done that and get it done. There you go. Climbing down off the soapbox now. (laughs) Three, two, one. Man is as much attached to nature as a tree. And though he walks freely on two legs and is not rooted in the soil, he is by no means a self-sufficient, self-moving, and self-directing entity. For his life, he depends absolutely on the same factors as the tree, the worm, and the fly, on the universal powers of life, of nature, God, or whatever may be. For some mysterious source, life flows through him unceasingly. It does not just go in at birth and come out at death. He is the channel for an ever-moving stream, a stream that carries the blood through his veins and moves his lungs and brings him air to breathe, that raises his food from the earth and bears the light of the sun to his face. If we look into a single cell of his body, we find the universe. For sun, moon, and stars are ceaselessly maintaining it. We find it again if we plumb into the depths of his mind. For there are all the archaic urges of primeval primeval life, both human and animal. And could we look deeper, we might find kinship with the plants and the rocks. For man is a meeting place for the interplay of forces from all quarters of the universe, swept through him in a stream which is the power behind all his thoughts and actions, which is indeed more truly man's self than his body or mind, its instruments. This was known to almost all the ancient people of the world whose sages taught that all the actions of man were as much expressions of nature's unceasing movement as the sun and the wind, a fact that would be obvious to anyone not born and bred in a place where there was little more to see than human handiwork. The isolation of the human soul from nature is, generally speaking, a phenomenon of civilization. This isolation is more apparent than real because the more nature is held back by brick, concrete, and machines, the more it reasserts itself in the human mind, usually as an unwanted, violent, and troublesome visitor. But actually, the creations of man, his art, his literature, his buildings, differ only in quality, not in kind. 
from such creations of nature as birds, nests, and honeycombs. Man's creations are infinitely more numerous and ingenious. But this very ingenuity, together with his fear, aggravates his feeling of isolation, persuading him that he is a creator in his own right, separate from nature. For once again, it would go against his self-esteem to have to admit that his superb faculty of reason and all its works do not make him the master of nature rather than its servant. Bewitched by his power of reason and urged on through fright of his fear, man seeks his freedom in isolation from not in union with nature, whose service is perfect freedom. Man's struggle for mastery is magnificent and tragic, but it does not work. And the difficulty is not so much in what he does as in what he thinks. If he were to seek union instead of isolation, this would not involve what is generally called getting back to nature. He would not have to give up his machines and cities and retire to the forests and live in wigwams. He would only have to change his attitude, for the penalties he pays for his isolation are only indirectly on the physical plane. They originate from and are most severe in his mind. If you sit still for a while, completely relaxed, and let your thoughts run on, let your mind think whatever it likes, without interfering, without making suggestions, and without raising any kind of obstacle to the free flow of thought, you will soon discover that mental processes have a life of their own. They will call one another to the surface of consciousness by association. And if you raise no barriers, you will soon find yourself thinking all matter of things both fantastic and terrible, which you ordinarily keep out of consciousness. Over a period of time, this exercise will show you that you have in yourself the potential of countless different beings. The animal, the demon, the thief, the murderer, so that in time you will be able to feel that no aspect of human life is strange to you. In the ordinary way, consciousness is forever interfering with the waters of the mind, which are dark and turbulent, concealing the depths. But when, for a while, you let them take care of themselves, the mud settles, and with growing clarity you see the foundations of life, and all the denizens of the deep. You may see other things as well. Two men looked into a pond, said the one. I see a quantity of mud, a shoe, and an old can. Said the other, I see all these, but I also see the glorious reflection of the sky. For the unconsciousness is not, as some imagine, a mental refuse pit. It is simply unfettered nature, demonic and divine, painful and pleasant, hideous and lovely, cruel and compassionate, destructive and creative. It is the source of heroism, of love and inspiration, as well as fear, hatred and crime. 
Indeed, it is as if we carried inside of us an exact duplicate of the world we see around us. For the world is a mirror of the soul. And the soul is a mirror of the world. Therefore, when you learn to feel the unconscious, you begin to understand not only yourself, but others as well. And when you look upon human crime and stupidity, you can say with real feeling, there, but for the grace of God go I. Oh, Alan Watts. So this is an excerpt from the book, The Meaning of Happiness, The Quest for Freedom of the Spirit in Modern Psychology and the Wisdom of the West by Alan Watts. And we've done a little bit on this before. On the uh, website, uh, warriorsway.ca, you'll see the blog post for this week's episode. And at the bottom of that, I'll have the link for the book. So pick it up. It is a great book, as are all of Alan Watts' books. You might think that you train for a whole lot of reasons. Maybe maybe you think you want to get into shape. Maybe you think you want to learn to defend yourself. Maybe you want to find an outlet from the stress of life. Maybe you want something more. But maybe... But maybe you have a feeling that something is missing. Missing from your life and missing from all of our lives. Here's the thing. There is something missing. And it's long overdue that we as a society start to recognize that it is missing. Whatever it is that drew you to training, and likely to this podcast for that matter, is the simple fact that you feel that loss that lingers on the fringe of your awareness, that missing thing. Some people choose to look the other way when it comes to this feeling. Some people fill their lives with the need to entertain themselves so they won't have to think about any of it. And likely, none of the things that we talk about here. And that's okay. Just like your dog doesn't care about paying the bills, there are some people who don't quite see what the priorities are or should be in living a life. Most people never quite grasp even the smallest glimpse of what their lives really are, what truly it is all about, or what they can do to actually see their lives for the first time. They think they are normal. They think that life is mundane. They don't stop to think about the simple fact that they shouldn't even exist. And that by existing, they have tremendous potential to change, well, to change everything. And already do so in their own blind, following the blind way, changing everything without any concept of what they're doing or if it was for good or not, or not even caring. Humans have been on a trajectory away from their true nature for a while now. 
there is a disconnect between who we are and what we are as human beings. And this disconnect separates us from our potential. It separates us from our nature. It separates us from our past and all the things that our ancestors, who were all very smart and capable, what they knew to be true. The stories that they told, the beliefs they had, they all told of something more. And this more is a vast ocean. Most of us at best conceive of a bucket or two of water. Some lucky ones who do the work, maybe a few more. But what is there waiting is much, much more expansive. It's depths and the realizations to be drawn for them, from them far beyond the understanding of most. It isn't that people don't want to see what is actually there. It's more like they have been living life believing they are using their eyes, but only one day realize they've never opened them. And even then can only see a small portion of what is around them. You can only blame society, cultural concepts, technology, or the rise of social media or whatever. You can only do that so much. When it comes down to it, most people are simply content with the life they believe themselves to be living. They're content to just stumble around, content to not see, content to not understand, content to live in the dark. So this path that's different than that isn't for everyone. It's hard to come to terms with seeing how much delusion and illusion we live in and that we create. It's equally difficult for people to see how much potential they have to be that animal, the demon, the thief, the murderer, just as it is their potential to be far more and far greater than any of that. Most of the time, we aren't even aware of what our place is in this world. We aren't aware of who we are. We aren't aware of why we do what we do. We aren't even aware of what we are actually aware of and what we have completely lost touch with. There are moments, though, or there can be. Maybe you're outside on a summer's night and look up and realize that you haven't ever seen a sunset as beautiful as what is above you. And you feel something inside you like a whisper. Or maybe you watch a hummingbird hovering in front of you and can't believe how you've never noticed the beauty that is all around you all of the time. When we are training properly when we actually learn how to meditate and find stillness, when we're able to turn off the chattering monkey that holds sway between our ears and causes us to be impulsive and lash out, to be reactive and judgmental, in those moments we find a feeling of unity, of calm and interconnection. And this interconnection is actually what training should be all about. A lack of training is chaos and disharmony. Train in whatever you want. Be it 
meditation or jujitsu or taekwondo or tai chi, anything else physical or metaphysical. And your prime focus needs to be in seeking that union, that harmony, instead of isolation and delusion. We've all been there feeling alone, feeling isolated. This actually has its basis in our deluded view of our lives. But the reality of our lives is the exact opposite. It's the connection. So, how do we start to see this connection? Or better yet, truly understand it and make it integral to your life and your training? Stillness. It's that simple. Stillness. Now, stillness, and I mean true cultivation and acceptance of actual stillness, without any judgment, without interior monologue, without fantasy or monkey mind swing from trees of the mind, it's a tough thing to do. You'll think you have it, you'll be sure of it, Only months or years later, you're going to look back from more time practicing and failing and messing up and realize that you you didn't have it at all. And then you're going to think that you're doing a whole lot better. And you probably are. But you're still going to be working at it. Stillness means starting to see the perceptions as perceptions. Not necessarily what is there. It means opening yourself up to sensory input in a non-judgmental and non-thinking standpoint. And yeah, I know that sounds kind of tough. But what it means is simply being there. Simply being there in the moment. Feeling it fully with no critical thought, no judgmental thought, no grasping, just stillness, acceptance. When we begin to touch this place, we find that there is no room for judgment. There's no room for living in the past, no room for dreaming of the future, no home for an inflated self-image. And there have been times in my life where I thought it would be easier to train and live in the woods or in some remote place where life was somehow easier and more natural (laughs) Of course, you could do this. Lots of people now and in history have retreated from society. But it's unnecessary when you start to train yourself to tap into the fact that everything human is already natural. What we need to learn to do is to figure out how to live in this world in a more sane way. Our training needs to be about living in this universe, but through the filter of what is real, not bound to all the fake and false views, being part of society, but not necessarily buying into the aspects that would take your true humanity from you. Each of us already has everything we need. We just have to find it. When you start to do that, you realize that training is in everything we do. It's not just done on the mats. It's not just done when we're kicking and punching. It's not just done in the gym. It's not just done on the Zafu. 
It's in how we brush our teeth, in how we walk down the street. It's in how we water the garden and feed the chickens and file that report or help a customer. The training is the way and the way is the training. It is our lives. It's an ongoing process. It's one that will show you just how perfectly imperfect we all are and why our core of training needs to be in cultivation of compassion for ourselves and for all things, which in the end are all part of us as well. So, right now, slow down. Breathe. Feel the energy within you and around you. Start to see what is there, maybe for the first time. Start to actually see who and what you truly are, maybe for the first time. All right. The question of the week comes to us from Sadie. Thanks for sending this in. And by the way, if any of you have questions that you'd like me to talk about, please send them in. All right. Question of the week is, I only have so much time in my life to train due to work and family demands. What do you think I should focus on? Well... Wow. That's actually a big question. And I'll do my best to answer. Just like I said a few minutes ago, training is going to mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For some, training is purely physical. It's getting to the gym, it's hitting the weights, it's running or the pool or kicking and punching, choking people out, whatever else. Maybe it's riding a horse or climbing rocks. For others, it's going to mean swinging a sword. It's going to mean, you know, learning how to breathe. And for others, yet, it's going to mean sitting on a cushion, slowing everything down calming the mind. All of this and a whole lot more is training. And here's the thing, it is all important. Like I've said before, when it comes to martial arts, despite what all the people are going to tell you and all the clickbait or whatever you call that, (laughs) I think that's what it's called, on the internet, there is no martial art that's better than all the others. There are so many martial arts and it's the person that makes a martial art good or appear good or not so good. And there are tons of people out there who would make any other martial art look less than good doing something that somebody else says is not worth training in. (laughs) Don't be like those people. It's important to understand that all training is important. Or to be more precise, it's 
important that we practice properly and that we make that time quality time. I started to learn to play the violin about a year and a half ago, I guess roughly. It's a tough instrument to learn. <laughs> and you might ask yourself, is that training? You better believe it. <laughs> Learning to play the violin or any musical instrument is definitely training. Especially how I do it. I force myself to slow down. I force myself to focus on what I'm doing. I force myself to work on those things that I have a hard time with, that maybe I don't like. I force myself to let the critical, judgmental mind drop away and be in the moment. I allow myself to make mistakes and to learn from them. We all make mistakes, lots of dumb ones. So playing the violin ends up being just as important as sitting in meditation or swinging a sword or rolling on the mats. It's what I call violin zen. Now, what I've discovered with learning to play the violin my Zen practice, and my martial arts, is that you find the time to do it. We all have loads of time. Most of us just don't realize it. I could, for example, tell myself that I'm too busy to work out any given day, but instead, I get myself up an hour or so earlier than normal, because my workout is important to me. The question to ask yourself is what is important to you? Actually important. Outside of all that you believe yourself to be. End of the day, if I told you that your own training and development and understanding and learning to apply it to your life is actually the single most important thing that you're going to do, would you make time for it? Hmm. I can't tell you what you should do. You have to figure that all by yourself. Just like I had to and like I continue to. What I can tell you is that training is actually a key thing. For that, for me, that means I have to try and work at staying in shape by working out, moving my body, training in a variety of martial arts, meditation, eating healthy, playing violin, spending time having a tea and reading a book, and a whole lot more. Training needs to become your life. Every aspect of it, though. When you start to do this, you'll realize that you have 24 hours a day to train. And you have things in your life you need to make time for. And you will carve space to get it done. As to how that looks in your life or what you fill it with, that part is going to be up to you. 
Same thing with how much time. So, my advice is just be awesome. Just be awesome doing it and have fun at it and smile and then repeat. And I think that will be good. So, I hope that answers your question. Right? Don't let yourself dodge the things that you want to do and you know you should do by telling yourself you don't have the time for it. If you have to, get up earlier. If you have to, be disciplined. So there you go. Thanks for the question. All right. I think that's it for this week. So head on over to warriorsway.ca and check out the website. Um, You can find ways to support what I am doing here, whether it is um, helping us out with our Patreon. We've got links to that there. There is a page on the website called Check It Out, and I put links to books and different things that can help you in your training and your life. If you click on those and, and pick them up, the podcast gets a piece of that to help us keep going. And do not forget to check out the Warriors Way online training program. I'd love to see you get involved. There's people doing it and I think they're loving it. I haven't heard many complaints. (laughs) Um, Actually, I haven't heard any complaints. So that's always I think that's good news. <laughs> um, Warriors Way online training program, it's got a whole lot to offer. So please check it out. Whether you want to do online classes with me that you do on your own time, or if you'd like to, you know, work one-on-one with me to, you know, work on whatever it is that you think that you would like to get more out of in your training in your life. You can always get help there. I'm there for you. Um, you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, and if I haven't mentioned it recently, I've written a couple books on the type of things that we talk about here. You can get those books, Warrior's Way is one and A Wolf in the Woods is the other. You can find those on Amazon as a actual paperback book or you can get them for your Kobo or your Kindle. I think that's good for this week. I can't think of anything else I need to say. (laughs) I just got new puppies and I made it through without any crying or screaming or howling. So we'll call that a success. So until next time, folks, keep training, have fun with your life, okay? Train hard, like I'm always saying, have fun and be a good friend. Make that your your slogan for your training, your mantra, your koan. Try to figure out what that means. How do I be a good friend? Not just to your friends, but to everyone and everything, Thanks a lot.